Insert gay card. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan. I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Robbie Roselle. <laughs> and this is Rob Schneider. And welcome to Gay Card Revoked. Thank you it's so gone. much. It's revoked. It, it is revoked. <laughs> if you've not watched Tiger Kings, I feel like that will be something that we'll be talking about at some point. We have to. Carol uh, Baskin. Carol uh-huh. Baskin. Guilty of murdering her husband? 100%. Great. Her new husband, Howard, guilty of ruining If Ever I Would Leave You. <laughs> I oh gosh, when you watched that and you just thought Goulet, I just I just I just thought he is he's literally urinating on the grave of Robert Goulet, which is also Joe hard to do. Oh, why why does Joe Exotic have three husbands and I'm single? Five. Oh, I'm sorry. He's had five. Great, make me feel real good about myself. But hey, today's episode is not about Tiger Kings. It will not not. be about Tiger, but it'll be popping up every once in a while. (laughs) Why not? Much like Carol's first husband, when eventually they they get rid of the drain pipe, he'll just rise on up. Our first topic in gay card revoked. You have to see this, otherwise the card goes away, gets sent back to us. Because we now control all the gay cards. Right. We're now we have we're a in a little trunk. We're now. We're in, I'm, I'm hoping that Joe's husbands will send theirs back to us at some point. They're like, <laughs> I got my, I got my meth done sucking them. Here's your card back. He Couldn't afford postage. Though. Good for him. I got, he got. He, you know what I love about him? He was like, I'm going to have one tooth, but by God, it's going to be the biggest tooth you've ever seen in your life. I social think, distancing from so, all the other teeth. Social distancing from yep. the other teeth and dental floss. Today, folks, you have to have seen Soap Dish, the Soap wonderful Dish. 1991 film Soap Dish. Once again, if you have not seen it, stop what you're doing. Go and watch it. Once again, you can find it on Amazon Prime, iTunes, and YouTube. Shut us off, then come back with us now. We are going to start something new, which is we on our episodes are going to have a little cocktail. In honor of Soap Dish, we are calling it the Stoli also rises it's a little bit of vodka a little bit of grapefruit juice a little bit of triple sec let's be honest it's a whole lot of vodka and a little grapefruit juice yeah and a little triple sec mixers it's mixers and it tastes amazing and we have a guest today each of these episodes is going to feature a guest robbie would you be so kind as to introduce us to our soap opera expert today yes i'm lucky enough to be you know self-quarantined uh with someone who watches the bold and beautiful and days of our lives every day and feels the need to catch me up on what's happening whether or not i care and usually i don't it's my husband len rodino welcome to the podcast hi everybody len i'm so excited you are our first guest and this is perfect len when did you first start watching soap operas um i actually grew up watching soap operas i have two older sisters so soap operas were a big part of my upbringing. Did your um, mom watch them as well? My mom watched soap operas. Um, my like sisters watched all of the ABC soap operas growing up. And then when my dad retired, he started watching the ABC soap operas. I have to ask you, what do you think was the craziest plot you ever saw on one of these soap operas? One of these things where you're like, um, this is like beyond, beyond crazy at this beyond? point. Beyond. Um, in beyond. terms of daytime soap operas, I'd have to say... Uh, Marlena Evans' possession on Days of Our Lives in the mid-90s. Oh, probably oh. the craziest storyline. Did she go through an exorcism? She did. 
that is incredible. What and she's got a bunch of stuff going on right now. She she does. She, she's the queen of something. Um, she's a queen. she has been brainwashed, same, and kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yes. How long uh, has she been in the Trump administration? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a little political humor. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's a little political humor there. Okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> that's going to kill on Leno. She's got. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she has been brainwashed by Stefano Demera, who sure. has returned from the dead um, because somebody uh, implanted a microchip in the brain of Steve Johnson to transform him into Stefano. So, it, so it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. I know. So, so Len, you are an, you are an expert. You got your PhD oh, in yes. soap operas. Oh yes, I love it. I lo- Robbie, did you ever watch any? Uh, so my father's second uh, wife w- loved so like she would was have really your sister there. That's the soap opera. <laughs> if, if you knew, uh, <laughs> but she had she would have two VCRs going, one for NBC, one for ABC, and she would flip the AB switch to watch the CBS ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So if you better believe I saw when Reva went off the cliff, like drove <laughs> off the bridge. Yeah, I've that is incredible. That I love that. I love that. Susan Lucci eventually won an Emmy, right? She did on like her nineteenth nomination, I think. What? She should have gone for yes. even twenty. If you haven't watched her acceptance speech, YouTube it. It is an amazing speech. The well, OCD in me makes me uncomfortable that she only got to nineteen. <laughs> I'm like, get to an even number. <laughs> like, just get to an even number for Christ's sake. Um, now, so Len, let me ask you this: When was the first time you ever saw? Soap dish. Soap dish. Oh, it, it was late for me, actually. Sure it was, was probably about in the last two years. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? What about you, Robbie? Oh, I saw it in theaters. Oh, t- okay. Tell us. Tell us how old was young Robbie? I'm a homosexual. Well, <laughs> so it came out in uh, 91. Yeah. So I was like 16. I was two. <laughs> <laughs> And my stepmother loved soap operas. So, so a perfect fit. So you actually yeah. saw it in theaters. And where were I you sure living did. at the time? Where were you living at uh, the time? Johnson City, New York. Ooh, okay. Okay, yeah, I saw I it. Say. I think I saw it when I was like, probably like 11 or 12. And I got it from Hollywood Video. Yeah. Oh, Hollywood, Hollywood Video, Video yes. for, for those of us that actually had to go and rent. And those were the days. Those really were the days. I we also had this little like video store in our town called Video for You, which was like <laughs> its own like private owned video chain. And then the back was where they kept all the pornography. And I always had to, like you had <laughs> you I had always, one of those stores. I always I always like walked in and I was like, what do we got over here? And then I was like, what is like next to the gay section? I can act that I'm like looking at in case I get caught. <laughs> and as a soap opera aficionado, do you feel like it's um, it, what, what they're reflecting is an accurate representation of what would be happening on a soap opera at this time. I think they took it to a whole nother level sometimes, yeah. but yes. Great. Robbie, initial impressions of this film? I was in love with it because it was so funny. It was so uh, so over the top and so well written and just also Robert Downey Jr., Oh, so sexy. Very sexy. And and still sexy to this day. I'd like to Thank just Thank you. Sort of, yeah, okay, cool. Robert Downey Jr. Ah. 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 <laughs> That's my and, sound of surprise. Now, it's so interesting to note that this screenplay was written by the same man who wrote Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias, the great 
Robert Harling. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know how he decided to write this? He, uh, do you know the story? Feel- yeah, I have a feeling that Sally Field was like, uh, I'm done with crying. Can you just write me anything that's funny? That's ab- exactly correct. Like, I'm saying it like I was there. I was sitting there <laughs> in my stroller, yes. <laughs> and Sally Field had just slapped Olympia Dukakis. She said, I just want to play a bitch. And Robert Harling was like, here you go. We'll give you Celeste Talbot of The Sun Also Rises. Which wrote is- it for her. He wrote it for her. Now, yeah. there was a rumor, and we're going to dispel this rumor right now. It was originally supposed to be for Patty Duke. Not true. Oh. Not true. No, it's for every everything. All of my research up until this point, which includes a quick Wikipedia scan, all say, <laughs> all say that it was written for Sally Field when she said I wanted a different character. Now, a little bit of trivia before. First of all, Kevin Klein is sexy as can be. Oh, and, come on. Absolute, and I cannot picture anybody else in that role. Right. Do, do you know who was supposed to play the role before Kevin Klein? Burt Reynolds. You are absolutely correct because... Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit, folks. A little bit of reunion. And they also had a love affair, right, for a very long time, Sally Field and Burt Reynolds. Um, and Kevin Klein was busy with Patti Lapone. Oh, so yeah. true. Kevin, come here. <laughs> I want you to see my basement. Kevin. <laughs> I'll do dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, uh, put on a cassette and put on a jukebox. <laughs> Patti Lapone's seducing kevin klein in the basement uh thank you so much Work of now, that impression and now a monologue from the shape of things <laughs> thank you so much this was a great amda audition thank you everybody um but 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 burt reynolds was all ready to do it but who stepped in and said uh-uh burt you and sally are not going to get together again was it wifey lonnie yes anderson the wonderful lonnie anderson young kids out there if you don't know who lonnie anderson is stop what you're doing and Google the genius that is Lonnie. Like, what would, what is she even famous for? Like, WKRP, WKRP in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Was there anything really the after that? No. <laughs> Just really? The That's end. Because yes. this cast is stacked. It's stacked and with geniuses left to right. Not just Sally Field. No. Not just Kevin Klein, who was no. nominated for a Golden Globe for this. No. Not just Robert Downey Jr. We've got Whoopi Goldberg. The great Whoopi Goldberg is Rose yeah. Schwartz, head writer of The Sun Also Rises. We've got Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, we've got Kathy and Jimmy. This and this was like really before Kathy and Jimmy really took off. This is like pre Hocus Pocus, yeah. pre this uh, is Sister just Act, like po- the just after like the Kathy and Mo show happened. For, just for our listeners who are unaware, would you tell us what the Kathy and Mo show <laughs> Will was? I? Please, the Kathy and Mo show, which you can stream on Broadway HD, and highly recommend it. Was a two person uh, sort of. Show a uh, two-person show. Uh, Mo Gaffney and Kathy Najimy wrote it and performed it, and they it it was like a feminist uh, monologues and characters. Uh, they went everywhere, so they would be from five years old up to like this very old woman, Kathy Najimy's uh, the aunt whose uh, nephew is gay and coming out, and it's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant of the time, but holds up. Uh, yeah, so she's very much like that. She's still in that mode, kind of, with the, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? Tawny. 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 Uh, we have Carrie Fisher. The great Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. as the costume designer, who literally is sleeping with no, every single no, guy no. in the movie. She's the casting director. What did I say? Costume designer? You sure did. That's oh, Tawny. I'm sorry. The, the Stoli also rises is now hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry so she's she's the casting director 
And she's like, what about one more with your shirt off? Gary Marshall. The Greg, Penny Marshalls. Oh, first of all, Gary Marshall also in Hocus, right? He's in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, too, he yes. sure is. Him and Penny Marshall, right? Yeah. Can you they do a Penny Marshall? In in that. Can you do a Penny well, Marshall impression? Yeah, but it's just, um, look at those diamonds. Like <laughs> is that her Kmart? Yeah. Uh, uh, I basically could just do Rosie O'Donnell doing Penny Marshall. Okay, I need someone to go out and have a ball. Rosie again? It's always Rosie. Why? I don't know. Yeah, that's all I got. Attention shoppers. <laughs> There's a sale on Funyuns. Rosie, did you hear? <laughs> Penny, we're going to do that again. Can you be a little bit more excited? This is as excited as I get. Show me a naked photo of Rob Rhino. Okay, time for lunch. See you in my star wagon. <laughs> oh, she goes. It also has one of my favorite character actors of all time, who also has a little bit of gay history here. The wonderful actor Phil Leeds. He is the old deaf audience member in The Death of a Salesman, who's like, uh-huh. what do he say? What do he say? And then he goes, why is he yelling? <laughs> but we also know Phil Leeds, folks, from Everybody Loves Raymond. He's the gay uncle that always shows up with his partner. And it's like, this is my roommate. We're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to the wonderful Phil Leeds. I love him so much. We have two other cast members that yeah, are sorry. important. Terry Hatcher. The great Terry Hatcher, Come pre-Lois on. and Clark. And yeah. pre-Desperate. I know her as De- Lois and Clark. I know there's this yes. Desperate Housewives show. I'm sorry. She's Lois from Lois and Clark to me. To me, she'll God. always be Seinfeld. They're real and they're spectacular. Oh, they're real and they're spectacular. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Hey, yeah. sorry, really quickly about Lois and Clark. Whatever happened yeah. to Dean Cain? Is he still around? He's a crazy Republican. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yes. Remember he did that gay movie, The Broken Hearts Club? Yeah. And now he's crazy Republican. <sighs> I think I would still let him fuck me as long as he didn't wear the red hat. Is that okay? No. I just don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. Is that okay? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I hope he's okay with that. You just, like, put your super penis in me. Just fuck. Let me... Dean, I want you to feel the burn, but not in a political way. <laughs> this is... We, and, I, believe, I believe in a two-party system. Great. And finally... Kathy Moriarty. Kathy Moriarty. Who, okay, first of all, folks, if you've never seen Raging Bull, go watch her in Raging Bull. She's an absolute genius performer. But who does she play in this particular? Montana Moorhead, also Mont- known as Nurse Nan. Nurse Nan. Nurse and Nan. Who wants to take over the soap opera and uh, promises Robert Downey Jr. that once she gets the star role, he, she will sleep with him. Yeah, actually Mr. Get to Happy sleep. is yours. Mr. Happy. Uh, or was it Mr. Fuzzy? No, Mr. Fuzzy. Doesn't you call yeah, him Mr. Mr. Fuzzy? Uh-huh. Uh, and then at the end, we see there's a little bit of a surprise. Now, this is the thing that people are talking about that are like, does this still hold up today? Sure. Because the twist is that she, it turns out that she was well, one. There's a lot of twists in this film. There is. You've seen it at this point, folks, so we're not going to hide anything. She becomes, she says she was once Milton Moorhead of Syasset, Long Island. Hello. Hello. Um, hello. Brilliant. Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know if you added that. I don't know if that was in the script, but it was genius. Keep yeah. it. Keep it. Um, so is this something that prevents us from enjoying or appreciating the movie in 2020 when we're recording? This? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I Things like that. I think about when this movie 
was filmed and when it really takes place. This was at the height of soap opera glamour in the late 80s, early 90s. That's what they were channeling. And I can accept that for, for what it is at that time. I also have several trans friends who think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I know everyone's going to always have a different opinion, but the sure. majority of friends that I spoke to that are trans said it does not bother them. One of them actually said to me, no, they actually enjoyed the fact that it was nice to see a trans character who was so powerful um, in the film at that time. And it, it gave them some sort of confidence that they felt that they were lacking in other places. Um, and this person is in their mid forties at this point. So I don't, I don't know. Now there's always, there's, there's been a talk for a long time about making a musical version of this. Yeah, they actually did. Um, they did a reading of it. And it was uh, John uh, Stamos Genoves and, and Jane Krakowski. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, if they're going to continue on with that, I kind of have a feeling in like 2020, they are going to have to, you know, alter yeah. that. I think. I mean, I this they they can Agreed. reveal something else about her. I'm sure that make people go, "Oh my God!" It's you know what what a surprise. Who knows what that'll be? But I don't think that this would probably fly in 2020. Correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that bit, no, no. But yeah. I don't I don't think the movie is so um uh horrible in in portraying that that it feels like you can't watch it today. No, in, I agree. In, today, with in you. today's climate, I feel like that's a little part of it that you might, might go, oh. But it's, I think it's part of um, a huge part of our, our gay culture and a, big, yeah. a huge part of our gay upbringing. So the question then leads us, well, why is it a huge part of our gay upbringing? So this movie comes out in 1991. And I just want to give a little history about 1991, if I can. You know, we really don't see a lot of like gay and campiness in any sort of like modern media at the time, right? So the the big thing in 1991, because I was doing a little bit of research, 1991 gives us our first lesbian kiss on television. Our first lesbian kiss on TV, not our first gay kiss, our first lesbian kiss. Can you tell me what show it was on, 1991? Anybody? LA Law. LA Law. Or uh, what is it they call it on Golden Girls? La Law. La Law. La Law. So and, and I just want to give a little history on this. So in 1991, so they do a first lesbian kiss on LA Law, right? It's between two characters, Michelle Green and Amanda Donahoe, right? Th those are the actresses that play Abby and CJ. Although when I read it was Abby and CJ, I'm like, this is like some weird West Wing fantasy porn mm -hmm. that I'm unfamiliar with, like where Stocker Channing and, you know, Alice and Janney go at it, which also I would like to see. So if Great. Aaron Sorkin can rewrite the West Wing, so it's all about lesbians, I'd feel really, really good about myself. So they did this kiss, but then I found out that like one of the big things that like networks used to do during Sweeps Week, which is like the week where everyone like moderates the ratings, so you want everyone to tune into your show, was they would always do like a gay kiss, so that way like yeah. everyone would tune in and be like, "Ooh, what's going to happen?" And then once that happened, nothing ever happened to the gay relationship anymore. And it, it usually just, cut to like um, curtains. Yes, and a, you, like they. Yes, you're <laughs> like you're Melrose right. Place. Melrose Place, right? It that would. Poor it would, guy never got laid. It was just winds wafting through curtains. Right, and so now this is. But L.A. Law starts this off. L.A. Law is like if you want high ratings during sweeps, always do a same-sex kiss. But then, like they never followed up with anything. It was just so you don't see any sort of like gay imagery on television or movies at this time also 1991 first time the red ribbon makes an appearance at an award show oh so this is i, I like to do a little like what in the in the culture that this movie came out in yeah. so let me ask you this so there are lots of movies we could have started with there's lots of tv shows we could have started with why soap dish why is soap dish an important part of keeping your gay card sally field and mm. the comedy 
honestly. Uh, what's interesting, as we rewatched that last night, there's not a gay person in the film. There's a trans person, like a trans role, but there are no gay roles in the film at a soap opera. No, but you know what it feels so interesting to me? Even though there are no you know, gay identifying characters, mm-hmm. it feels so subversive because you're like, it's written by a gay man. Yeah. And you, and it just, it has that energy to it. So, so if you're a gay person and you're sitting there, you can go, oh, I'm identifying with like this heterosexual character. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that these people are just so openly sexual and so openly catty with each other, there's like no hiding of anybody's feelings in terms of how they, they feel about one another. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a subversive way, you're like, no, it's not, there's no gay characters up there, but because it's through the lens of a gay writer, you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm identifying with, and because with this we world. Love, we love all the, that over the top dialogue. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. all of, yeah go ahead, Len. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree with Robbie. It's that, that over the top characterization that we just naturally gravitate, gravitate to for some reason. Um, and it just it works in this film and it works for me in soaps to this day we love seeing those broad over-the-top characters one of my favorite characters in soap operas one of my favorite characters ever oh great is alexis carrington from dynasty oh yeah i'm sorry you didn't use the full name alexis carrington colby dexter thank you um the colbys (laughs) (laughs) and she you know she was this bad bitch and she just had these shoulder pads and this quaffed hair and she just kind of ruled the screen and you get that same kind of vibe from the Sally Field character that I, I think we're just kind of sucked into. Did you notice Sally Field's apartment is basically a soap set in itself? Oh, yes. Oh, it's, yeah, the, the design of this thing, the production with design was a guy named Eugenio Zanetti, which is an amazing name, Eugenio. Come hang out Eugene. with me and come do my yeah. apartment. Yuji. Please. Um, but you, the apartment, you're absolutely right. Her apartment is a soap opera set, and uh-huh. there's only photographs of her. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Like, you have to look very close, but he, it just shows how narcissistic she is. But it's like being go. in RuPaul's Drag Race's workroom. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excusable. It's excusable <laughs> for RuPaul. <laughs> but let, let me ask you, why do you think that th- this, there's an attraction to these larger-than-life characters because it's not just like alexis carrington it's not just celeste talbot it's also you know um it's people like judy judy garland who, who, who are you gonna say sorry it's that it's that raise of the eyebrow and the sort of arch delivery mm-hmm. um it's the heightenedness yeah it's the living out loud yeah factor. i think that's such a good way of putting it it's that idea of living out loud it's that idea of i am going to be who i am and there is no filter because i think a lot of at least for my generation, there was always a little sense of like, you have to hide, you have to put on a filter. It has to come out through a heterosexual. And these are people who just don't care, who say, I like to fuck, period. Uh I don't, I don't like you get the fuck away, period. Or the idea of like RuPaul, like reading somebody. Did you all see, by the way, the RuPaul reading sketch on SNL? Oh yeah, it was brilliant. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Uh, But yeah, no, I absolutely understand what you're saying. And I think that's something that makes Soap Dish so incredible for us. There's a couple of cameos that I think we all enjoy. Oh, I mean, come on. Who who shows up in this film that we really, really like? I mean, Ben Stein. Ben Stein is so funny. And can we all hear a little bit of Ben Stein impression, please? 
Clear Eyes is awesome. I think she should be raped be by, raped father, by father, father Corey. <laughs> yeah. It's and genius. also a quick other line. Look at the hooters on that one. <laughs> there's also there's also one other little cameo in here um, that's kind of cool, but now not so much. Not kind of cool. Oh, right. Um, when Sally Field's boyfriend leaves her, he just leaves a voice message on her machine. And who's doing the voice? Kevin Spacey. It's Kevin Spacey, folks. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it's, realize it's... that either. Oscar and Tony winner, Kevin Spacey. And uh, <laughs> he's won two Oscars and three lifetime sentences. So we're very, we're very excited for, for Kevin Spacey. <laughs> now, I have to ask you, because the costume design on this is genius. This is by somebody named Nolan Miller. Um, what was your favorite outfit? Oh in this film because these outfits first of all they're 90s glam so they they looked stunning in the 90s but even now in 2020 you're like this is something and this is something in a primary color I, primary colors no so many of them off the shoulder mm-hmm. like celeste talbot has a look and it's like that off the shoulder blouse and a skirt and that blown out hair um although the turban look is probably my favorite. I, I would have to. Gloria agree. fucking Swanson. <laughs> the, tur- the turban look is genius. I like the, the floral off the shoulder that she has. The one where she's about to, that she'll get killed in. All of those costumes rang true. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But they look so fabulous. Yeah. They look we, absolutely fabulous. Len and I decided that, that the sun also rises. Or Sun Also Sets. Sun Also Sets. Yes, Sun Also <laughs> The Sun Also Sets is an ABC um, soap opera. Yes, because uh, mm. some of the exterior shots in the film, you could see them walking down like Broadway in 66. Just yes. past Lincoln Center. So it's an ABC. Right, yeah. So ABC, yeah. So like when she's like, give my love to the twins, um, and it's about to step in front of that bus, and it stops and goes, is that Celeste Talbot? <laughs> Would you sign this for me? Um <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, what is your favorite outfit in this in this Come movie? On. Yeah. Besides Bolt's towel, which is Oh, <laughs> let's talk about these soap opera names. <laughs> Bolt. 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 Uh what what's the name? What's uh Rod? Rod Randall. Uh, Rod Randall. They're all insane. Nurse Nan. Nurse Nan. Come on. They're all <laughs> yeah. insane soap opera names. All of them. <laughs> Every single one, and I love it. It's like the specificity of the joke is what really gets it for me. I would love to know what else Robert Harling has written other than those two masterpieces. He did the Shut first up. Wives Club. Yep. Oh my God, he did. Yeah. And and the Evening Star. And GCB, Good Christian Bitches, the Kristen Chenoweth oh, series yeah. on ABC. Oh. Now here's the big question. This movie is something that should be seen by everybody in our community. Absolutely. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that uh, people will not, they won't re-release it, but they'll be like, hey, let the remake it and make it about a web series. So if we were going to, <laughs> let's put them all on Zoom. Um, let's, uh, let's do this. If we were going to remake this film, folks, using contemporary actors today, who would be Celeste Talbot? Tony Collette. Tony Collette? Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's really I'm trying good. to think of an actor. Or like that... Laura Linney. Somebody who to... could send themselves up. Yeah. And what I love about this movie is it's like, it's mi- Sally Field is like Little Miss Perfect. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think like, who today are you like, oh, Little Miss Perfect? And just ha- could totally. What about Jenna Fisher? 
Jenna Fisher. She might be too young. She played, yeah. you know, Pam from The Office, and I mean, then Jane Krakowski. Yeah. And then what? And what about our Kevin Klein character, the Rod Randall? Oh, go ahead. Daniel Who's Craig. Bradley oh, Cooper. Daniel Craig. That's a great yeah. idea. And he's wow. Funny. I'm literally just listening to the Knives Out cast. Outcast. Yes. Yeah, sure am. <laughs> great. So why don't we just recast it with the Knives Out people? Yeah. <laughs> what about Drew Barrymore? Oh, oh that's good. Drew that's Barrymore. She's yes. she's she's so she comes off as so sweet, but I bet you bet you there's some comedy in there, folks. We both ooed at the same time, like we were on Delicious Dish. <laughs> Ooh, Kathy oh. Moriarty's character. Alexander you know, she has a Cable Ace Award. Kathy Moriarty. She has a Cable Ace Award. Yeah. For what? <laughs> the most important of all the awards. I think Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> she's a fucking Cable Ace Award. <laughs> Look at you, Miss Rita Moreno. What has she got? Like an EGOT? <laughs> yeah, where's your Cable Ace Award? All exactly. these people. Lin-Manuel Miranda, where's your fucking Cable Ace, man? Right? So, Len, because you're our guest. Len, yeah. do you have an alcoholic beverage next to you, Len, or are you being good? I'm, we're going to play a game with you, Len. Okay? I'm going right. to give you a quote from the movie, and you are going to fill in the blank of the quote. Okay? Bolt says, I can't act in a blank. What what is what is something that Bolt can't act in? I can't oh, act in a blank. Can't act in. A, you can his, phone his, a friend. His and his trunks or a swimsuit or something. Perfect. I can't act in a swimsuit. Oh, a swimsuit. Okay. Yes. Very good. Very <laughs> good. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. He's doing good, folks. Folks, play along with us. This is Rose <laughs> Schwartz. This is Rose Schwartz. Whoopi okay. Goldberg. Okay. Actors don't like to play blank. They feel it limits their range. Uh, actors don't like to, oh actors don't like to play coma very good yeah very good all right now this is kevin klein's big dig at sally field are you ready okay he says give my love to them in blank give my love to them in give my love blank to them in blank oh this is i'm getting stuck on this one I he know knows one. she he knows she does something that she's she shouldn't be doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give my love to it's her big it's her big secret it's the only thing that makes her happy paramus oh very good oh, yeah give my love to them in yes. paramus yes that's first okay. all, that, that scene is can somebody do an impression of oh. whoopi goldberg on the escalator <laughs> oh oh i know isn't she isn't she are you are you yeah, what's her I name? Call that, I call that having a soap dish moment. Yeah, having I know you. Do, have, wait, we, Robbie, have you ever done that, Robbie? I've never done that, but let me tell you, when uh, I saw Rocky on Broadway, I stopped into the Sabaros. It's like right there. It's not, I think it's closed. It's closed now. Oh, what a life. <laughs> or went out for Sabaros. Anyway, I stopped in for a slice between uh, putting my name into the lotto and that probably the lotto. And sitting in the middle of Sabaros was Chris Noth. Chris from Law and Order, Mr. Big? Yeah, Mr. Big. Just sitting there, and my friend Ryan looked at him and looked at me, looked back at him, and just like under his breath said to me, Is he having a soap dish moment? Because he was just <laughs> sitting in the Sabaros on Broadway, like hopeful that anybody would be like, Oh my God, Mr. Big? Is that you? And no one did. Having a soap dish moment. Okay. Now, Len, I hope this will be easy. We've talked about this. All right. This okay. is one of the best lines that Celeste Talbot says. All right. Could you please tell our new costume designer, whose name I don't quite have yet, that I don't feel right in a turban? What I feel like is blank, blank, blank. Norma fucking Desmond. 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> no, it's not correct. Oh, it's not correct? Oh, Gloria it's not. Oh, Gloria what I fucking feel Swanson. Like Gloria fucking Swanson. Ah! Now, hold on. You can earn your points back. You can earn, because oh, okay. I'm going to give right. you a bonus point. She okay. says she can't remember the costume designer's new name. What is the costume designer's name? Tawny. Very good. Congratulations, Tawny! Lynn. Tawny? Tawny? Could you tell? It's one of the best lines. <laughs> Gloria fucking Swanson. If that isn't like subversive gay for us in the audience. <laughs> Do I look like a dead person? What, that, what, what I, I feel really like they're love. telling the gay audience is like, hey, don't worry. You're in good hands. We know who Gloria Swanson is. What I really love is she uses that turban later to get into Jeffrey's apartment. And how did and she fucking like becomes like got like Batman with a bat rope? <laughs> Just cl- she climbs the gutter. She cl- she climbs the drain pipe. <laughs> yeah, cl- climbs on in. Yep. It's ah, uh, where where can we buy the recording like the movie soundtrack? Because this soundtrack is genius. Well, so at the in the credits it says that it's on compact disc and cassette on Verez Saraband. <laughs> oh, oh, so then, yeah, then I, well. I, I think we should we should we should buy it. I think we should buy it, and and maybe that can be our theme song at some point. How you feel about that? Nope, I, just me. Can I dance around you. the house naked with it? Sure, great. That's what I'm going to do. Thanks for validating me today. Who needs therapy? I've got my son also rises sets drink. Yeah, <laughs> son also rises sets strength. I have to say, one of my favorite parts of this entire film is when you see Jeffrey Anderson's theatrical environment, and he is doing Death of a Salesman at the worst dinner theater in Florida. It's in Boca? (laughs) It's in Boca. Yeah. And as an aficionado of both food and theater, uh, I, I bring in Hostess Cupcakes when I go to see Hamilton. Um, my, my thing is that's what really sold me on the show was like how bad this community theater, dinner theater production of death of a salesman was. I must ask, have you ever had a bad dinner theater experience? Have you ever had a bad old person experience? Oh, so many. Every show I go to, I get DVD commentary behind me of what's happening because one can't hear and the other can't see. What'd he say? What's he doing? They're walking to the left, and it's very fast. Why are they so fast? Why are they so loud? What'd she say? Huh? Huh? That is truly... This is every roundabout audience. Every roundabout audience. (laughs) Yes. Remember when we were at Follies, and they just wouldn't shut up? Yes. Behind us at Follies. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. (laughs) I I saw uh, this is uh, for our our New York friends. There's a, a a show a theater company out here called Encores where they do like really old musicals. So the audiences are going to be older because they get to relive it. There How was one. You? There was one show or, or queens like us. Um, <laughs> and there was one show they did. It was called I Married an Angel. And there's a, heart. There's a song in it called oh, it like Spring is here. Spring is here. I think that's what it's called. So we're sitting there and we're watching the show and the guy comes out and he starts saying, spring is here. And I swear to God, at full voice, this woman behind me goes, no, it's not. It's not supposed to be spring till Friday. <laughs> I swear to God. And everyone like looks back at her and he keeps singing. And he's like, you know, it's spring. And she goes, it's spring. He goes, the flowers are in bloom. She goes, the flowers, they're in bloom. 
singing full <laughs> voice like it's a goddamn call and response. Sure, so why not? finally, finally, this other old queen who's had it, and this old queen, he's carrying his strand tote bag. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's got like his Do Zaybars, I? his Zaybars bag. I have bag. one back here. <laughs> Sorry. He gets up <laughs> and literally climbs over four people. He doesn't just like scoop. He literally climbs over four people, goes up to this old woman and goes, would you be quiet? I have waited all year for I married an angel and you're just ruining it. So please stop singing. And she looks at him full voice and she goes, I sound much better than that one singing up there. And you could tell the actor heard it. You could tell the actor heard it. That's my favorite old person story. Oh, no, I have a second favorite old person story. Can I tell you a quick one? Yeah, please. please. I went to go see a play called Mornings at Seven. This was like in the early 2000s. Now, this play was like stacked with like old legends. Like it was Estelle Parsons, Roseanne's mom, Francis Sternhagen, Cliff Clavin's mom. They're all like moms on like television shows, right? (laughs) Um, Elizabeth Franz, who's... A good actress. Someone's mom. Someone's mom. And, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, folks, Piper Laurie. <gasps> yes. Carrie's mom. Carrie's mom. Right? From the movie yeah. Carrie. So the director knew that they were all going to get an entrance applause. So what he would do is, is he would have them all say a line from off stage, and then they would enter and stand there, like, waiting for the other person to respond. Sure. But they're really soaking in the entrance applause, right? So first one, Elizabeth Franz, applause, whatever, right? Next one, next one, next one. Well, finally, the last one to enter is Piper Laurie. And she says from off stage, like, I think the lemonade's ready. And she comes out on stage and just stands there and poses. And there's not one thing of applause. You could hear a pin drop, except the silence is broken by this old Yenta in the third row who says, Piper Laurie got so fat. And you could see, you could just see Piper Laurie's like eyes look over, and I was like, ooh. So, but nothing compares at all to what Jeffrey Anderson is going through in Death of a Salesman. I love this movie. I, it's it's fantastic. So, folks, um, you've seen it. I hope you feel like it was it's part of your your gay culture experience. I hope you can see why it should be part of the gay culture experience. Um, and don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. So, if you've got some things you'd like to say to us, please visit us on Twitter at G Revoked G as in gay revoked or on instagram at g revoked we want to hear your thoughts let us know what we left out let us know what you think about the ending if it still holds up today in 2020 and anything that we might have forgotten or neglected to talk about but robbie would you be so kind as to tell us what our homework assignment is for next week well yeah so in two weeks we're going to return. two weeks damn it two weeks you you've had 17 of the uh sun also i'm fine <laughs> Uh, but we're going to move from the silver screen to the small screen to one of my favorite sitcoms, Designing Women. Ooh. Now, can yeah. I tell you something? You can. I have not watched Designing Women. Is this a blind spot for you? This is a massive blind spot. So this is weird. This... It was always on after the Golden Girls. Yeah, but I used to like flip over at 11 o'clock to watch Matlock. <laughs> You think I'm joking? I'm not. That, ma- that makes sense. Yeah, that's cans. I, uh, <laughs> I gotta watch Columbo. <laughs> but we're gonna. So we're Just gonna one talk more about, question, ma'am. <laughs> we're we're gonna talk all about designing women, but we're we really want to talk about two episodes, which are the beauty contest, which is season one, episode two, and uh, 
Killing All the Right People, I think is the name of the other mm-hmm. episode. And that's uh, season two, episode four. And they are two very different sides of a coin uh, of that this really, really wonderful uh, sitcom. Amazing. I, I cannot wait. I, I, I'm happy I have homework. Please don't take my gay card away just yet. Let me, let me No. Take no, a I, fucking no, talk. No, please. No TikTok. I can't do TikTok. Oh. Makes the I don't see you as a dancer. More a mover. I'm a mover who doesn't move well. <laughs> I'm a park and barker. I'm a park and barker, and even parking is going to be a problem. <laughs> Parallel so. or other. Len, what's your, what's your Insta handle if people want to follow you? Uh, my handle on Insta and Twitter is at Len Rodino, R-O-D-I-N-O. And we'll tag him. It's amazing because all you see are photos of Len wearing a surgical mask going to a liquor store. It's Correct. actually, well, it's, it's very... That's my new life. It's, yeah. it's, and God bless you for being one of those. Seriously, <laughs> thank you. You are, you are fighting the good fight. <laughs> to bring me gin. To, not, and not yeah. the Christine Baranski good fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's back. I've actually not seen a good fight. You want to see the good well, fight here? Yes, I'm, I'm, but... I'm, pu- I'm pushing up my nose a little oh, bit. Hold God. on. Good work, Kalinda. <laughs> that's, that's my Christine Baranski. <laughs> it could use some work. Dr. Dick. Dr. Dick. Here at Lockhart Gardner, Kalinda will be doing all the work for us. I'm going to go now for two episodes so I can do Sweeney Todd in L.A. Goodbye. Not as good. Len does a very good. Christine. Donna Sheridan, you shady lady. There it is. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Can I hear that one more time, Len? Donna Sheridan, you shady lady. Oh, that is really good. Okay. I just got her in follow- the good times and bum times. I've seen them all in my dear. I'm still here. That's I can all I, got. I can do her in reversal of fortune. Jesus. <laughs> This podcast has devolved. I can do her <laughs> in reversal one. of a reversal of fortune. Let me see if I can do it. Hold on. He's he's the best, Klaus. Get the Jew, I said. That's 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 her. That's legitimate. That's her. That's honestly her. And my other my other favorite line in reversal of fortune is not her. It's Uta Hagen is the maid. But it just goes. My lady does not take insulin. <laughs> Do you know what I think? The impression I think of you all the time is what? Jim Broadbent. J- oh, from Iris? Yes. You wrote wonderful books. Beautiful books. Good. <laughs> books. Books. <laughs> I missed my calling. Yeah, that's it. I should, I should, what, are you, what are your special <laughs> skills? I do Jim Broadbent and Iris, but just the commercial. And I, <laughs> and I do um, Uta Hagen and Dawes from uh, Reversal of Fortune. Well, if There's... that's her, then this has been Gay Card Revoked. I'm Robbie Roselle. And I'm Christina Baranski. And we'll see you in two weeks with Designing Women. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.